welcome to the Sleon Productions podcast, where we interview authors, speakers, entrepreneurs, and how they share the story of how they became successful. Also bringing value uh, to you guys to to encourage you guys to grow in your business, in your career, and maybe just in your personal life. Today we have Tim Netzel. He is a web developer and the founder of FreelanceGPS.com, where he coaches and uh, where he coaches freelancers to grow their their uh, apparatus, uh, to grow their business. And uh, I'm also a freelancer. Obviously, it's Leon Productions. We do web development. So this is going to be an interesting episode. Uh, Tim. Welcome to the Sleon Productions podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Anytime. So, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, I am a web developer, UX designer, um, and conversion rate optimization specialist. Um, I've been doing, um, you know, some combination of those three things for my entire career. So, you know, fifteen plus years, um, and have been freelancing full time since twenty nineteen. And recently started uh, coaching devs and designers and other tech professionals on how to go freelance and how to build and grow successful freelance businesses at FreelanceGPS.com. Yeah, freelancing is a very uh, popular uh, thing to do in the web development industry. Obviously, many uh, web developers choose either go to corporate route or they go the freelance route. I was at a tech meeting last night and they're all like uh, most of the people there working in a corporate uh, company. They're like, oh, my gosh, you freelance, you own your own business, your own time. They're like they're kind of like very well, kind of like envious in a good manner uh, uh, of me and being doing that. But um, can you tell us your beginnings with freelancing? Yeah, so um, I kind of freelanced on and off as, as you know, sort of side gigs um, throughout my career, um, but it was never anything steady. It was never anything big um, until about 2019. Um, at the time, I had been um, working at a startup. I was, I was pretty senior. I was leading um, product design and doing some development work. Um, and the founder kind of decided to pivot the business in a direction that I wasn't super excited about. Um, so I found myself, uh, looking for another job. Um, and you know, I went on all these interviews. I wasn't finding anything that I was excited about. Um, and my wife, my fiance at the time was like, you know, why don't you just, you know, try freelancing full time? Um, and it was kind of an interesting time because we, you know, we were engaged, we were saving for a wedding, we were saving for a house. So I knew I was going to have to figure out how to land high paying clients and, and make money consistently quickly. Um, otherwise it was going to be, you know, pretty, pretty challenging and have, have some impacts on my personal life that I wasn't too, too thrilled about. Um, and so, you know, I really, um, dove into it kind of with that mindset of like, all right, I've got three months to figure this out. Um, you know, if I, um, if I can't, uh, I'm going to have to go get a real job. Um, and, you know, during that, during that time, I tried a bunch of different things, all sorts of, you know, different types of, of advice about how to find clients and land clients, you know, everything from, from blogging to, you know, freelance sites like Upwork, 
Um, and what I found was the vast majority of the sort of um, popular methods um, really don't work that well. Um, they're, they're inefficient. Um, you know, starting a blog or getting traction on social media, if you don't have a lot um, already, takes quite a bit of time, you know, probably six months at a minimum. Um, you know, anybody can join sites like Upwork, which means everybody does, um, which means it's, you know, it's competitive and the average hourly rate for um, a web development project is just $20 an hour, um, which, you know, is not super exciting if you're trying to build a high value business. Um, and what I found worked really well instead was really just um, focusing on one-on-one -on -one conversations um, and taking kind of a methodical approach to building relationships. That's uh, quite something of a story, you know, that your girlfriend at the time suggested you do do uh, free dancing. That's probably uh, quite impressive. In your description, obviously, you mentioned that you started doing this in 2019 and you grew it into a $480,000 per year uh, solo business. How did you do that? Yeah, um, well, it definitely was a lot of hard work. Um, but what I will say is this, um, it, it for me it was really all about um, figuring out where my ideal clients were um, and, you know, where they were hanging out both online and the real world, um, you know, meetup groups, Slack groups, um, industry um, groups, co-working spaces, startup accelerators, that kind of thing, and also figuring out who knew them. Um, and I'd say one of the things I found far and away um, is one of the most effective methods is partnering with and building relationships with other freelancers who are in kind of complementary spaces. Um, so if you're a web developer, um, designers and marketers, um, especially design marketing freelancers, um, are great folks to talk to because chances are they're already working with your ideal clients, but they don't compete with you. Um, and so... Um, you know, they're going to be willing to refer business your way. They tend to be the first people that your clients will ask when they're uh, looking for a new freelancer. So um, those types of folks are, are absolutely fantastic. So my main focus was, you know, how do I build, um, you know, really genuine relationships by having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, asking for advice, um, giving advice where appropriate, um, you know, showing up and, and giving value. Um, and the nice thing about that is you really never have to pitch. Um, you know, you don't have to sell to someone until they raise their hand and say, Hey, um, you know, I actually have a project that I think you'd be a good fit for. Um, and you'd be surprised at how often that happens. I found like every couple of conversations, someone either says, you know, we're looking for somebody, um, or we are, I know somebody who, who is, let me introduce you. Um, and if not, right, you're really just having a conversation, getting to know someone um, and, you know, maybe asking for some introductions to some other folks who could also give advice or, or just might be good to connect with. Tim, you're definitely describing uh, how I, I mean, how that I've been uh, getting jobs these past couple of years. And you're right. If you hang out in these uh, tech uh, groups, which you can find on meetup.com or these tech meetings, and you're right. You made a good point where if you 
a network with designers or marketers, they're not really your competition. They, they kind of need you. Um, and a lot of them, they like they, what have I experienced? They have trouble f- uh, looking for developers, you know, uh, especially locally, because you know, yeah, they have an option uh, to outsource, but they want someone very personal. Um, how you like? Have you found that that, that huge need? by let's just say agencies that they're looking for developers ever so often? Yeah, yeah, I'd say, you know, agencies were another place where I got, um, you know, some of my earliest clients. Um, and I think the important thing to understand there is is how agencies work, right? Um, fundamentally, um, when you do subcontracting for an agency, what the agency is doing um, is selling your time to their client. Right. Um, and and so they're incentivized to pay you as little as possible um, and charge the client as much as possible and keep the difference. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, particularly when you're first starting out. It could be a great way to kind of learn some of the ropes of how, um, you know, project management, and client management work. Um, but long term, I tend to think they, you know, it's not necessarily a recipe for super scalable um, you know, high revenue freelance business. Um, at some point, um, unless your your sole goal is really just um, to kind of practice your craft, at some point you also want to start owning the client relationships yourself. Um, you know, that lets you have a greater degree of control over pricing, but it also lets you, you know, have more influence over what you work on um, and, you know, the strategy that your clients are taking, all of that kind of stuff. Um, which I think is ultimately, um, you know, more interesting work when you're not just doing the code, you're, you're also kind of influencing what gets built. Um, but, you know, also makes it um, a more scalable business, a higher revenue business. Have you run into that issue, Tim, where you get a client or uh, through an agency or through a designer or a marketer? And I have experienced this myself is usually middle person, right? And typically, if it goes well at the beginning, you build a project, whatever it was, eventually you'll get to that actual client. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I think I think it can be. Um, and and part of this is is a question of you know what expectations you've set uh, at at the outset, right? Um, if the idea is. Um, you know, the agency is really always going to own that relationship, but you get more and more work for the same amount of money. Um, maybe, maybe it's not a good thing, right? Um, you know, if on the other hand, um, your revenue is growing and you're being respectful of that relationship, you're not like stealing the client away from them, but, um, you know, you're taking a deeper role. Um, I think that can be great. Um, I've also seen scenarios where, um, you know, agencies outgrow some of their smaller clients. And so they they take folks who used to be subcontractors and they end up farming clients out to them permanently. Um, so, you know, I think like anything else, it's really a conversation. It's about setting expectations and, and doing your best to be a good actor um, and making sure that uh, the folks you're dealing with, both on the client side and the agency side, are doing the same. Yeah, I agree. If, I mean, you're not really stepping on on like each other's toes because, I, you know, when a client needs a design, a graphic design, I can't do that. I mean, hey, go back to the agency or or to this person that's able to do all that stuff. I'm more on the code side and things like that. 
Um, you brought up a, a very interesting point um, about networking online. Uh, when I first started my business, which was back in 2009 and 10, back then there was not LinkedIn wasn't really around. There was not meetup was around meetup.com, but it was really small. Uh, Slack was not around for sure. I had a networking person. You know, I had to go to networking meetings, go to my uh, my local chamber. I even network in grocery stores or Starbucks. I got clients. Don't get me wrong. Um, I did get clients through Facebook. So that kind of helped back then. But tell us the advantage now with so much platforms like LinkedIn, Slack could take an advantage for, uh, I mean, for us freelancers. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I think, you know, there, there's kind of two interesting points there, right? One, one is the shift um, from, you know, in person to online. Um, but the other, I think, is just the nature of the networking itself. Um, and I know, I think a lot of people hear networking and they get this like, uh, you know, really bad feeling in the pit of their stomach uh, and this bad taste in their mouth. And, you know, I honestly, I kind of in the same way. Um, I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. Um, so I've never been the kind of person to like show up at a networking event and work the room, you know? Um, and so I think the, the advantage for online is that um, it makes starting one-on-one conversations substantially easier. Um, but I think that the, the effective approach there is those one-on-one conversations, right? Like you're not trying to do, um, you know, these quick brush buys where you're doing like the, the used car salesman thing, right? You're literally building relationships with people, um, you know, just like you would if you met them, you know, in, in a way that might be more organic, right? Um, but I think the nice thing about um, these online platforms, whether it's Slack or, or LinkedIn or um, you know, Discord, something else, is that they provide a way um, for people to sort of self-identify, hey, I'm in this group, right? Um, and so what I really recommend to the folks that I coach um, is to do um, a really thorough search, um, both in your area for, um, you know, in-person sort of hubs, but also for online hubs, um, and not just the ones in your field, like, hey, if you're a web developer, look for for um, web developer stuff, but also in those complementary fields, design, marketing, that kind of thing. Um, you'd be surprised by how many clients I've gotten, um, because I'm the only developer um, in a marketing Slack group, right? Um, and so there's lots of folks um, who need developers, um, who, you know, either don't know any or only know like the one developer they have in house or that kind of thing. Um, and so they'll literally raise their hands and say, does anyone know someone? Um, and I can, you know, literally just go in and say, yeah, actually I do that. Let's talk. Yeah. Uh, now with a lot of group chats, they're very popular, uh, not just in Slack or discord, but like WhatsApp, you know, I'm, I'm in one WhatsApp group. It's like a Craigslist. They post stuff on, uh, on jobs, or they're selling something and sometimes you know maybe like once a month or once like every other month there might be someone oh who knows about google analytics and i just dm the person on the mag yeah i mean i have experience with it i could help you out or i need help on my website let me help you out with this e-commerce um tim how important um should a freelancer be picky on the clients they choose Obviously, you know, the like the high-end clients would be ideal, but um should they make some 
some sacrifices in, in, in like the beginning. Hey, maybe I should uh, bring on this client, even though he doesn't have a big budget. But how important is the quality of clients? Yeah, I, I think it is hugely important. And I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because it's it's something I'm really passionate about. It's something I spend uh, a lot of time on in my my free course, um, which folks can download at, at freelancegps.com if they're interested. Um, but honestly, I think that the fundamental difference between um, freelancers who have success and those who don't is the quality of the clients they pick. Um, you know, good pl- clients... Um, can afford premium rates. They ask smart questions. They give good feedback. Um, you know, they they even refer business your way, right? Bad clients, not so much, right? They're um, constantly changing the scope. They're interrupting you. They don't respect boundaries. Um, you know, they do a bunch of stuff that turns your life into a huge grind and really makes freelancing um, not a whole lot of fun, right? And so, client selection, I think, is is probably the most important thing. Um, but it's overlooked by so many freelancers. Um, and I think the the important thing to remember is um, that you have to understand who you're going after before you can do a good job going after them anyways, right? And so um, I, I tend to recommend to folks, um, unless, you know, something else is going on that they avoid um, either mom and pop shops, right. Who tend to not have the budget, who tend to be less kind of versed, um, in, you know, the fundamentals of the web, those kinds of things. Um, but also really large companies, which tend to have a lot of red tape. Um, I've had a ton of success, um, with tech startups and e-commerce companies between about five and 50 employees, um, because they are, um, technology first companies, right? They live and breathe technology, which means they value the work I do. Um, they give good feedback, they ask smart questions. Um, because they're, you know, at least five people, it's a great indication that they're either cash flow positive or they've got um, funding from somewhere, which is a leading indicator that they can afford to pay premium rates. Um, they're small enough that you can sell into those organizations quickly and they tend to be pretty nimble. Um, you know, but they're big enough to have a little bit of savvy. Um, so, you know, those aren't hard and fast rules by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that is, is what you should sort of be thinking about critically when you're, you know, either starting your freelance business or looking to grow it is, you know, what's an ideal client look like? Um, you know, as you're starting out, are there exceptions and should you maybe be a little bit more flexible to get some experience under your belt to get some revenue? Sure. Totally. Um, you know, I think we we have all kind of um, had to put in the work and, and put up with, you know, maybe some clients who are less than perfect. Um, and I think that that's okay. Um, so long as you know what kind of the end destination is, and you're working actively um, to trade up from those clients who maybe aren't the best fit to ones who really are. Tim, I totally agree with that. Uh, having an ideal client is key. That kept my company floating uh, these past ten years. Got a, a couple few high quality ones that are still with me till today. Loyal and they pay well, and you know, uh, become very successful uh, in in th- throughout the company history. Um, I always get asked this question by people uh, that don't understand free uh, web development or who are or who are outside of the technology space about bringing a person on if you're a free l- l- lancer. 
should you bring a person on if you get really busy or you want to prevent that completely? Yeah, I, I think honestly, there's, um, there's pros and cons. And I'd say it depends on, um, you know, where you are at the stage of your business and also what um, constitutes success for you as an individual. Um, I think a lot of freelancers make the mistake of trying to turn into an agency way too quickly. Um, and the reality is, um, if you're kind of only minimally profitable um, as an individual, um, scaling into an agency is probably not a good idea, right? You're just going to take all the problems that you already have um, and multiply them, right? Um, and oftentimes, they'll also get worse. Um, and so, you know, if you're, if you're a freelancer who's making like 100K, maybe even 200K a year, um, you know, as a developer, a UX designer, a marketer, um, I'd honestly really push you to figure out how you can get higher paying clients, um, get more retainer work, um, do more strategy work well before you think about growing, um, you know, your business by hiring employees or, um, or other team members. Um, that said, I think there are some reasons to do it and some exceptions, right? Um, you know, I think specifically doing some um, subcontracting, um, particularly for things that you don't have any interest in um, or that aren't in your um, primary area of expertise um, can work really well. The nice thing about that is you can take those folks on on a, you know, per project basis um, and you don't feel like you got to provide them with work um, you know, for the, for the rest of their career or anything like that. Right. Um, so I think that is a, a time to consider that. Um, you know, I think another thing to think about is like, are there, um, folks that you would want to bring on for, you know, really support roles or, um, highly trainable work, right. Um, something that's very repetitive that you might do, um, particularly, you know, for, for marketers, for, for example, right. There's a lot of that type of work, um, that's, that's very, very repetitive. And you might want to bring someone on on like an hourly basis or something like that. Um, so in those cases, I think it can make sense. Um, you know, if you're more excited about building an agency, definitely do it. But again, I'd say, you know, to really build a successful agency, you've got to have, um, the skills to build a successful freelance business first, um, you know, because fundamentally, at, you know, the agency model is still just selling time. Um, and so you want to make sure you're doing that at a pretty substantial premium, um, you know, and, and that means working, working in strategy and providing more than just code or more than just design. Um, you know, those, those, I think are ultimately like your medium, but they're not the product of your business, right? The product of your business is, um, you know, increasing revenue, decreasing costs, um, helping your clients get whatever their strategic goals are. Um, so that's kind of how I think about it. I agree with that. I think hiring people that is kind of that can do the work outside your scope, for example, like uh, Google Analytics or hire someone that knows about Google business or also uh, knows how to do like Facebook ads. I think that's a great addition uh, rather than doing um, having a person do that, do the uh, the exactly thing that what you do. So I think that's a very smart uh, strategy. So Tim, tell us about your course and freelancegps.com. 
Yeah. So um, a couple of years ago, I started coaching folks um, to do what I did um, and, you know, build and launch and grow their their own freelance businesses. Um, I got a free free course at freelancegps.com um, that covers kind of everything you need to know to, um, you know, identify your ideal clients, um, start to find them, start to sell to them. Um, and I've got a bunch of other free resources. I've got a, a weekly newsletter. Um, and um, so you can check out any of those. Um, I also work with folks one-on-one. Um, if you want kind of a more hands-on approach, um, happy to, to chat with your listeners about that if they're interested. I also do free strategy sessions for anyone who's um, got a freelance business or is in the process of starting one. Um, you know, we can talk through your your individual um, needs and, and the type of business you're building, and, and I can help point you in the right direction. Yeah, great resource. I noticed one thing uh, towards the bottom of your website, how to delete your Upwork account. What is the deal with Upwork? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely pick on Upwork a little bit in, in a lot of the conversations I have with folks, because I think for um, you know, folks who are trying to build a high value business, um, Upwork and sites like it um, really just aren't the best fit. Um, I think if you're if you're looking to make um, you know an hourly wage and you want to sort of outsource your your sales and marketing, um, it's not horrible. Um, and so I, I don't want to pick on it unfairly, but um, the reality is you're competing with freelancers all across the world. Um, you know, many of whom are willing to work for, you know, five, 10, 20 bucks an hour. Um, and um, in my opinion, the quality of the clients um, on those types of sites is substantially lower than types of clients you can meet um, using the methods that we just talked about. Um, and because the type of clients that you get and the quality of the clients you get um, is such a big factor in the success of your business and, and frankly, how easy and on your life is as a freelancer. Um, I think it's just so important to to own that marketing and sales process yourself rather than sort of outsourcing it to another site. I agree. I think uh, when I dabbled with Upwork of, about about years ago, maybe eight years ago, I was like, no, I, I cannot compete with these rates. Twenty bucks an hour—that's just way too little. So I don't know what the chances for you know to hire someone that is way higher than that. So. Uh, but good point about the Upwork. Um, Tim, anything else uh, before we head into our contact information part uh, of our show? Um, no, I think the only thing I, I would add is just, you know, if you're if you're looking for help with your freelance business, um, you know, always happy to chat. Um, this is something that's a, a huge passion of mine because it's frankly, it's transformed my life. Um, you know, my wife and I spent a year as digital nomads. Um, you know, I've made substantially more than I ever made at a full time time job. And I'm really just passionate about helping other people do the same thing. Yeah, this is great. And how can people find out a more uh, about your course and freelance GPS? Yeah, so go to freelancegps.com. Um, you'll see, you know, right at the top, um, a form to fill out to get the free course. Um, I also have a, a newsletter. You can find me on Twitter. Um, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect however works best for you. And um, excited to see some of you all there. 
Yeah. And, you know, for people that work in the corporate world that are thinking about doing freelancing and they don't know how to jump, you know, jump the boat, even though they're getting paid really well. But I know a lot of people that work in corporate life and they're just tired of it and they want to do uh, their own free freelancing and make their own time. It's great. But obviously, you, like there's a process, you know, everything has a process. It takes time. You may not make that much amount of money that you did in your old life, but with the help uh, with Tim and his course, this could help you out. So pretty good. Any closing words, Tim? We, uh, uh, any, any, any closing words before we head off? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to say, you know, thank you to you um, and, and to the listeners. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I have really learned um, is that success is a result of really just experimenting over and over again until you find something that works for you. So, you know, for all of your listeners, I really just encourage you to kind of take that approach, um, you know, continue to experiment um, and, and try to learn everything that you can. Um, and you'll, you know, you'll find success. Exactly. Take that one step, small step, and just learn some strategies to make it happen. Tim Natzel, thanks for coming on to the Sleon Productions podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Oh,